so good to join in worship today, wherever you're at. Welcome to our online fam. Don't forget to be an online evangelist and hit that share button as you're doing that. If you'll take out your copy of God's Word and turn to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28 is going to be our text. I've got a very important question to start off today with. Extremely important, and here's my question. What was, you're gonna, have to, you're gonna have to go back a little bit in your memory bank, all right? What was the very first DVD that you purchased? Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, millennials. I'm gonna have to, let me, let me explain to you what a, what a DVD. I gotta catch Gen Z up to, up to speed. Are you okay if I take you on just a little bit of a history lesson? Let me take you on ancient, this is ancient history. All right, this has now gone from uh, theology to ancient history. See, back in the day, we had something, first of all, called a VCR, a VCR. And there were two types of VCRs. There was the VHS and there was... Beta, good job. You get it, you're acing your history test so far. And so what happened is we used to go, we, would, we had these VCRs, and you had to rent movies. They were not on demand. It was not a streaming service. Here was your streaming service. This, these are ancient locations. Someday archaeologists will excavate these buildings, and they'll, they'll uncover, they'll take the old sign. We've got, I think it's C-Van down the road from our broadcast location. That used to be, that used to be a Hollywood video, and we would would go into these places and you would have to rent a VHS tape and you would take that tape home and you would put it into your VCR and, and it was, you remember this, it wasn't clear at first. It was a little bit, there was some lines waving through it and you would have to get up physically, I know, physically you would have to get up off of your couch and there was a little knob called the, called the tracking That's right, and you would have to adjust that knob until you got it just right. And then, and then when you got to the end of the movie, you were not done with the movie because you had to be kind and rewind, and the video store would charge you extra on your next trip to to Blockbuster if you forgot to rewind. But then we realized, oh, this is causing unnecessary damage on my VCR, and it's wearing out my VCR. And so we got an automatic cassette rewinder, and you took it out of the VCR and put it into your automatic. Do you realize, millennials, do you realize how much trouble we had to go through for you (laughs) just to bring you the movies that we have? Today, uh, but the reason I asked, I asked this, so we've gone from, from VHS, or, or remember, even back in the day, it was reel to reel, reel to reel, and you were excited when you were sitting in your classroom, and somebody and your teacher reeled in, wheeled in that reel to reel, and it was movie day, it was movie day, and you got the whole, yeah, absolutely, and now we got streaming services, all this. But, but, but my question is this. What was the first DVD? What was the first DVD? Top Gun. I heard Top Gun out there. Mine was, mine was a little similar to that. And I, I don't know why. I like this series of movies. But it's not like my all-time favorite. But it just I, I, it happened to be, I don't know why I remember this, but, but it was one of the Mission Impossible movies. It was one of the Mission Impossible movies, and I remember Tom Cruise hanging off of that cliff, and he was on vacation, and he was just hanging out. I guess that's what you do when you're Tom Cruise and you're on vacation, is you climb cliffs, and you just hang there by one arm, and the, and the one, the, the, the message gets there, and, and in every Mission Impossible movie, it starts off kind of the same. It's this video recording, and remember what they say, your 
your mission if you choose to accept it, right? Your mission, your mission. Today, I wanna, I wanna preach to you about your multiply mission. I wanna use this word, your multiply assignment. We've been in this series and we've been walking through our multiply blessing, but I wanna, I wanna preach this word into our spirits today about our multiply assignment, our multiply assignment. Genesis chapter one, beginning at verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply. And so I want you to notice several things about this passage. They're gonna keep the passage up and I wanna show you three things right out of this scripture. So the first thing that God gives us is our multiply identity. Or multiply identity. Do you see that in Genesis chapter uh, uh, verse 27 there? It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. And so that's our identity. That's who you are. You are a child of God. Now, there is a difference. There are lost children of God and there are found children of God. So we don't believe that everybody makes heaven, but we do believe that every human being just by their beingness is a child of God. And so then the Bible goes on to say, because God created all of humanity in his image, then God blessed them. Then God blessed them. And so the second thing that we see is out of our identity, we have blessing. Now, let me just teach you something about blessing. Blessing is always meant to flow in your life. Say flow. Blessing is always meant to flow. And so the quickest way that you can dry up or remove yourself from God's blessing. See, watch this. God is always blessing. There's always a flow of God's blessing. So it's not a matter of, well, pastor, God's not blessing me. The the question is, am I positioning myself and my life in a way that is a channel for the flow? Now, here's what you have to understand. It's very important, a very important principle about blessing. Blessing needs something to pour into, and blessing needs something to flow out of. So I need, I need something coming into my life, and I need something going out of my life. A couple of weeks ago in our tribe, we were at a workout, and we finished a workout, and you got to know that I'm up for just about anything. So, you know, they'll try, our, our tribe leader, Seth, he's always coming up with these new and creative things, and and. And so we're all, you know, we're always jumping into to, to new ideas and new ways to do these types of things. But he finished this, and the idea was we were gonna we were gonna finish, um, we were gonna finish with with a swim. The problem was is that there was no. Uh, in our estimation, swimmable body of water. And so we all looked at our tribe leader and we said, Seth, where, where are we going to swim? And his answer was, in the pond in my neighbor's cow pasture field. That, that was the answer. And so we had a couple of fault. We're all like raising our hands at this point. And we said, Seth, tell us, tell us, where does the water come from? And where's the water going? 
How many of you know if you are going to immerse yourself in a body of water, those are two very important questions. Where is the water coming from and where is the water going? If you don't have a good input into your life and an outflow in your life, then you can actually end up blocking the blessing of God. Do you know if I was in a situation in 2020 where I had a financial need in my life, you know what I would do? I would give my way out of that. need. I would start to flow so much finance out of me that God couldn't help but say, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got one of my kids. I got one of my kids who is already walking in my identity that I see the flow getting low in their life and I'm trying to get flow through them. See, God's purpose with finances, God will channel his resources to anyone in the kingdom that will put his resources to where he wants them to go. God owns everything, and he wants ministry. He wants, he wants resources in your life to go to those who are less fortunate than you and to lost people. And I promise you, if you will direct God's resources to where God's heart is, then God will begin to flow. He will begin to increase the flow in your life. I can tell you in 2020, if I was anxious, if I was lonely, if I was depressed, I would start to give away so much love. I would start to find a ministry and get involved in another ministry. So I took the focus off of me and put it on to somewhere else. You got to serve your way out of loneliness and you got to give your way out of financial need. That's how it works in God's kingdom. Because I want you in the flow. I want you in the flow. Pastor, you're preaching hard early. I know because I want you in the flow. I don't want you, I don't want your life like a pond. I don't want it all scummy and mucky and all that junk. I want God flowing into you. And I want you giving away and serving as quickly as you get it. And this comes, again, this is coming right from the scripture. Our identity and then our blessing And then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. So out of our identity, we have blessing. And then out of our blessing, we have an assignment. We have an assignment. And here's what's not in this this passage of scripture. Because at this point um, in all of humanity, there was not sin to block the perfect relationship between humanity and God so it was kind of assumed that they were completely filled and walking with the power of the Holy Spirit but after sin after sin that spirit it started to leak a little bit there was that there was that separation but watch this now in the New Testament in the New Testament now we have identity we have blessing we have an assignment and then we have anointing we have anointing and and so what I want you to see is I want you to see a difference here in these two phrases about anointing. And I think this will help you understand how to walk in the anointing in your life that you already have, but you're, you're not, let me, say, let me say it like this. There's a difference in these, two, in these two sentences. I am anointed, and I am anointed for. I am anointed, and I am anointed for. Now, I, I think if, if you said that first phrase and you said, I'm anointed, I could say like, okay, in some cases, yeah, that's, that's true. But the, honestly, the more I started thinking about it, I don't know that it is. I don't know that it is. I am anointed. 
Well, if you are anointed, that just means like you're anointed. You're anointed. Why, why are you anointed? Like so people can come and sit at your feet and marvel at your anointing? No, that's only God's place. Only God's place is where we come and worship somebody's anointing. Will you stop worshiping the anointing on some other Christian? I, I, listen, there's a difference between getting from them and gleaning from them and worshiping the anointing that is upon their life. I am anointed. I don't know that you are just anointed, but you are anointed for. You are anointed for. You're anointed for your assignment. Because watch this. Jesus says to the disciples, go into all the world and preach my gospel to every creature and make disciples. So he gives them their assignment in the book of Matthew. Then in Acts chapter 1-8, it says that when they were in the upper room, that they were all filled with the power of the Holy Spirit For what? What were they filled with the power of the whole? To go and be my witnesses. You are anointed for. You are anointed for. And so, uh, again, I want you to watch. Bring up these these four things again, because I think this is important that that we understand this. What the enemy will try to get us to do is a couple of things in our life. The enemy will try to get you to climb the ladder. And here's what I mean by that. The enemy will say, Uh, if you do enough good things, then God will bless you. And if God blesses you, then you can feel like you have an identity as his child. That's an up-to mentality. But God doesn't give us an up-to blessing. He gives us an out-of. And so so the flow of heaven flows down. It doesn't flow back up. We have an identity. Out of that identity, we are blessed. Out of that blessing, we have an assignment. And then we have an anointing for the assignment. Very simply then, Pastor, what is my assignment? It's real simple. It's, It's lost people. It's lost people. It's spiritually, it's those who are spiritually lost. I mentioned this scripture earlier. Let me go ahead and read it out of Matthew. This is called the Great Commission, and it's Jesus. Um, it's his multiply assignment. It's his multiply mission, your mission, if you should choose to accept it. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to even to the very end of the age. See, Jesus loves lost people. And as his follower, I just figure I ought to love what Jesus loves. Jesus is reaching out to the lost, and I figure that Jesus wants to reach out to the lost through me. But you know, the enemy knows this, doesn't he? The enemy knows your assignment. The enemy knows that you have a blessing and an anointing for your assignment. And so doesn't it make sense, doesn't it make sense that the enemy will do anything in his power to stop you and to stop his church from carrying out their assignment? There are many ways that he does this. Can I give you, in my opinion, the top three ways that the enemy is working right now among God's people in 2020? Number one, he's 
trying to get Christians to fight other Christians. Have you seen this just a bit? Shake your head, yes. Stop it. In the name of Jesus, you are falling into the trap of the enemy and you are losing sight of your assignment. Your assignment is not to prove your right over another brother or sister in faith. You let God sort that out. You get your eye on your assignment. The second thing is he is getting Christians to pick up an offense. I'm telling you, Satan is tossing out offenses like they're candy and God's people are picking them up like a five-year-old at Halloween. And the enemy is trying to get God's children off of their focus of their assignment. Since I'm already talking about offenses and since I've already offended everybody, let me keep going. You know another way the enemy's trying to distract God's children? Is getting you to chase conspiracy theories. Hear, hear your pastor's heart. Are they true? I don't know. Maybe. They might be. Here's what I know. It's not your assignment. It's not your assignment. You let the Lord figure all that out. He's got it under control. You have an identity and a blessing and an anointing and an assignment to reach lost people. And if you will focus on the things that Jesus is focused on and you are focused, you will be focused on the things that Jesus loves, then you will begin to experience a greater flow of the power of God in your life. And so how can we do this? We've been talking about this. Remember our scripture from a couple of weeks ago, Acts chapter 8, verses 1 and 4, and they were all scattered. Say scattered. We all feel scattered. We're scattered physically, distance, socially distanced. We're scattered emotionally. But God is using, God didn't cause the scattering, but I'm telling you, he's using the scattering because it says forced to leave home base or their comfort zone. The followers of Jesus all became missionaries for Jesus. God is turning the followers of Jesus into missionaries for Jesus. And remember from a couple weeks ago, let me give you a quick rewind. So how can I be a missionary for Jesus? Many ways, but let me give you a couple. Number one, be a Matthew. Be a Matthew. Invite somebody to your tribe here at our broadcast location. We've got our find, find Your Tribe tent outside and those banners. Can I encourage you? We've never needed each other more. You know, you know one of the ways that you know what God is up to in your life? Just look at where the enemy is attacking, right? Look at where the enemy is attacking and press through. So if the enemy is attacking unity, that must mean that God wants to bring greater unity. If the enemy is attacking you in isolation, then that must mean that God wants to bring you closer together. We need our tribes more than ever. And I want to encourage everybody to find your tribe. Those of you that are joining our online family, go to multiply dot, don't forget the dot, multiply dot church. And we have probably close to 200 tribes spread out over all these different locations that you can be a part of, but not just find your tribe, invite somebody to your tribe. I'm hearing stories. I was on a Zoom call several weeks ago with all of our tribe leaders, and it was amazing and got to hear video testimony from four different tribe leaders just talking about how not only did they need this during this season, but new people coming in and getting connected. That's what Matthew did. Matthew said, I'm going to have a party, and I'm going to invite 
my Christian friends and I'm going to invite my non-Christian friends and we're going to get them together. Have a Matthew party. Invite someone to your tribe. Number two, be a woman at the well. Be a woman at the well. The woman at the well was saved for about 1.5 seconds before she started telling somebody else what Jesus did in her life. You know some of the best evangelists are people that got saved like last Sunday because it's still new and it's still fresh and they're still excited. Can I, are you still excited about Jesus? Are you still excited about what God is doing in your life? Are you still excited about his grace, about his mercy, about his love, that you didn't deserve it? Just tell somebody. I was talking to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago that has a, uh, uh, he does fitness training. And I said, how's your business? He said, amazing. He said, I went from like seven clients to 17 clients in a week. He said, I had one lady, I was training one lady, and, and this were almost verbatim his, his words. She went through an amazing transformation and posted that transformation on social media, 10 clients like that. Here's what you need to be an evangelist. Undergo an amazing transformation and tell somebody else about your amazing transformation and it will draw people because they'll look at you and say, I know you. You're not good enough to be experiencing what you're experiencing in your life. It must, there must be a God. If you're a better person, there must be a God. And point people to Jesus, number three. Number three, be an Andrew. Be an Andrew. Andrew was always just bringing people. Bring in VIPs. Bring somebody to church. Hey, hey, come to, come to Multiply Church with me. Hey, come. I'm going to share this feed online. Watch this service. Number four is be a Paul. Share the gospel with someone. And this is the one. This is the one that we say amen to. And then we're like, yikes. <laughs> right? Like, like the YBH. Yeah, but how? I'm telling you, I'm a pastor, and out of these four, this is the one that I still feel the most unqualified to. And can I, can I tell you, here's the hardest part for me. We're all, we're all different. There's all, you know, Enneagram, one to nine, and, and, and the lions and the otters and the, the puppy dogs, and there's been all the, you know, the different, the different personality tests and the disc and everything like that. And we've all got different personalities. Can I tell you the hardest thing for me is just how do I make that initial ask? Like, how do I get a conversation started if I've got somebody in my life and I've begun to develop a relationship with them, and maybe they are far from God or don't have a relationship with Christ, and I want to introduce them, I want to begin that conversation. How do I do that? Well, what we've done is we've developed, you heard this a little bit last week, um, we talked about our five multiply initiatives. So we talked about what God is doing in Lake Norman. By the way, did y'all hear that? Like, Pastor Zach mentioned it, but can we just take a moment to celebrate and give glory to God that in the middle of a global pandemic, that through an outside unexpected source, God provided not only eight acres, and let me give you a little bit of context here. So we were looking at 2.3 acres, a couple miles, like two or three miles down the road, that 2.3 acres was something like $5 million. And God provided us eight acres for 600,000. That's still a lot of money, but in the middle of a global pandemic through an outside unexpected source, God provided the money cash for us to, come on, somebody give God praise because he's at work. He's at work. So 
um, Multiply Harrisburg. Yesterday, they've got their core team. They've got their launch team. And they're down there all around the city of Harrisburg. And they're praying at the police department, the elementary school, and the parks. And they're going around. They're already praying and gearing up for this center city uh, uh, under Pastor John and Charlotte, our Multiply Church down there. Five expressions in five years. And then we talked about Multiply Studio. Multiply Studio and Pastor Nate started talking about our ability in this digital age to reach people, billions of people through a process. So let me, let me give you a little bit more of this. Multiply Studio, think of Multiply Studio this way, as a church plant into digital space and digital culture. Well, we've launched our first show And I want you to watch a trailer of it, but watch this, Studio 110. This is a 20-minute YouTube show that is a safe place to investigate questions of faith and spirituality. Watch this quick clip. So are you a thermometer and just repeating what the energy around you is? Or are you a thermostat and changing the energy just because you can? Some of the greatest truth and revelation that you'll find in your life is when you read something in the Bible, but you're not currently experiencing it. And you're like, okay, we're going to deal with this gap. It's a joke. Yeah, you yeah. hear your own backpack. <laughs> right. I am so slow. <laughs> I know who asked that question. <laughs> what is Wu-Tang? So, here's what Studio 110 is. Listen, Studio 110, it's just a tool. It's just, it's just a tool. So, year, so years ago, uh, we would go door to door, right? And you would knock on doors. And you would hand somebody, remember? You would hand somebody a track. This is a digital track. That's all this is. So let let me give you three things real quick about Multiply Studio. Number one, it's a conversation starter. Now, hear hear your pastor. Nobody's going to come to faith just by watching Multiply Studio. We don't share the gospel. But we set you up to share the gospel. We bring them right up to the point. So it's a convert, it's, we use, we use, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but we share, um, we're talking, it's the same, it's the same messages that we're giving on Sunday morning. Number two, go ahead, because I'm already getting ahead of myself, so I'll, I'll just dive into it. But it's in the language of an unbeliever. And what I mean by that is there are certain phrases, right? And so when I talk about, when I talk about lost people, if you've grown up in church, you understand what, that, what I'm saying. If I were to say to an unbeliever, somebody who has not grown up in church, somebody who's far from God, um, hey, we're, we're just here for the lost. What are, what are they thinking? Like, I'm, I'm not lost, right? Like, we got my GPS here. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. I know where I am. And so we use phrases like spiritually lost. We use phrases. And, and the third thing is we're asking questions. We're asking questions. So it's a conversation starter for then you to have a follow-up conversation with your friend, with your coworker, with your family member uh, uh, about things of faith. So we're asking questions like, does God exist? We're asking questions like, who is Jesus really? Most historians, most people don't deny, nobody, hardly anybody denies that Jesus exists or existed in history. But who is he really? And we dive into these things. We, We look at things like, is the Bible just a history book? 
Or is it a holy book? Is this actually God speaking to us through this? And is it possible to have a spiritual rebirth experience that could change everything? And here's what we want. So this is our pilot episode. We don't have all of this figured out, but we want you to test this with us. Here's what I'm going to do. I've got some people in my life that this week I'm going to share this with. And I'm going to say, look, we're putting this together. Would you help me? Would you give me some feedback? And so I want you to begin to think of somebody in your life that you know that you could share this with. Hey, our church is putting this together. My pastor put this together. We're just helping people during these difficult days and and this difficult time in which we live to have some conversations. Do you have any questions about faith? Do you have any questions about spirituality? It's a 20-minute YouTube show. How many of you know people are watching more YouTube than they ever have before? I mean, people are on their devices more than ever before. So this is a digital track that we are giving to you, and so you can go to multiply again dot. Don't forget the dot. Multiply dot church, and click on studio, and you can share that link with somebody, and then share your stories. I believe that we're going to see many people come to faith, not just because of a YouTube, show, but because because you got an assignment. You got an assignment. Can I remind you? You have an identity. Can I remind you out of that identity, you have a blessing? Can I remind you that out of that blessing, you have an assignment? And for that assignment, you carry an anointing because Jesus cares about those who are spiritually lost. And he wants to reach the spiritually lost through you. When Cade was about two years old, he had a a farm set. I I can't remember. I was talking to him about it yesterday. I don't know, know where the... The farm set came from one of his uh, relatives probably gave it to him. I don't remember if we bought it to him. But in that farm set, there was four animals. There was a sheep that he called Bath, and there was a cow that he called Moo. There was a, a horse that he called Uh-Uh. No, that was the pig. The pig was, was Uh-Uh, and that was Oink Oink. Remember, he, was, he wasn't even two. He's like one and a half. So you have, you have Moo, you have Bath. You have uh uh-uh and you have nay was the horse. And there were four of these animals. And his favorites out of these were were Moo and Ba. And even had a little song about Moo and Ba. Would you like to hear the song about Moo and Ba? This is the song. It was was Moo and Ba, Moo and Ba, Moo and Ba, Moo and Ba. And it just went on from there. Give him a break. He was only two years old. And so Moo and Ba went everywhere. Moo and Ba would go over to Nanny's house. And Moo and Ba went to uh, summer camp. Moo and Ba went to England and Scotland. We went on a trip that year. And and safely through all of those experiences. But I came home one day. And little one-and-a-half-year-old Cade comes up to me. looks up at me. And he just says, Dada, uh, Dada, Ba. Which, in case, if again, if you don't speak one-and-a-half-year-old, let me interpret that for you. It's... Father, I have lost my sheep. Can you help me to find them? And me being a you know, good dad, I was like, yeah, you bet, buddy. Let's go find your sheep. And so I did the, you know, I looked under couch cushions, and we did the glance around his room, looked under, underneath the couch, and I and, uh, couldn't find him. And so I went into the great parenting move uh, that we all have used. Parents, you've all used this move. Don't pretend like you haven't. We pivot into something called distraction. And you just change the subject and hope your kid doesn't remember what they ask you. It's as simple as that. And so we started talking about, hey, Kate, here's, here's Moo and here's, here's Nay and let's, let's do that. And then uh, the next day, the day later, he comes up to me. He's like, Dad, I'm back. I'm like, I don't know, buddy. I don't know where your sheep is. But, you know, I kind of went around and looked again. Y'all, two weeks later, two weeks later, he's still coming up to me. Dad, I'm 
back. At that point, y'all, I had to sit him down. And I had to have an honest conversation with him. I said, son, it's time for you to learn things. This is a prodigal sheep, and your prodigal sheep is out squandering his wealth on women and wild living. I don't know what else to tell you, son. So, so we were just walking through. I didn't really tell him that. But I'm like, son, I don't know, buddy. I have no idea where Bat is. Next day, I come home from work. And I got to tell you, my wife, my amazing wife who has many gifts in her life, one of them is finding stuff. That's why I don't even look anymore. If I've lost something, I just yell, Camden, because I know she's going to find it. That's one of her spiritual gifts. And and so she had found, y'all, she had found the lost sheep. The prodigal sheep had come home. And so I got to tell you, in the Wither Up household, there was celebration. There was partying. We we killed the fattened calf. We killed Moo right there. And we, we just had a party and we were set. We didn't do that either. But, but we were celebrating because the lost sheep had been found. A month later, we were down in Charlotte. It was at National Fine Arts. We were staying at the Westin in, in uh, downtown Charlotte. And uh, Kate had woke up early that morning. Everybody else was sleeping. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be a good husband here. I'm going to be a good dad. So got a sippy cup ready. Got his little bowl of Cheerios ready and I put him in his stroller and we got Moo and Ba and I put him in the stroller and we're walking through downtown Charlotte. We made a couple of turns and, and I can get lost in my own backyard. I didn't know where I was in Charlotte, but we were just, we were just walking. And I looked down, I looked down, y'all, that prodigal sheep was gone again. And this time I knew, right? This time I knew, oh, I can't, can't go into distraction. Like we gotta, we gotta find this thing. And so to the best of my ability, I, uh, well, I turned around to the best of my ability. I just started retracing my, left, my, my steps down this street, down that street. And I don't remember even what street I was on, but I remember very clearly it was, it was near Panthers Stadium. And there was some construction going on and there was some plywood across the, uh, across the, the concrete there. And there was uh, uh, some fencing to my left. And I remember like off in the distance, like off in the, off in the distance, businessmen going to work, people jogging. Off in, off in the distance, I see this little, this little white speck, this little white speck, and I picked up my pace a little bit, and I'm making my way through this construction area, making my way through people, and as I got closer, that, that little white speck began to came into focus a little bit, so I picked up my pace a little bit more, and I started jogging, and, and, and I, I looked, I'm like, there's bad, there's bad, and I, I reached down, and I reached down, and out of the dust, and out of the streets, I reached up, I reached down and I picked up Bat. And y'all, I'm just going to tell you, I know, I know this is silly. I know it is. I know it is. But I just figured like sometimes I'm simple and so God must speak to me in simple, silly ways. But as I reached, as I reached down and picked up that sheep, I'm coming up and in the middle, in the middle of rush hour in Uptown Charlotte, I just got tears streaming down my cheeks because the Holy Spirit was reminding me in that moment, Doug, that's exactly what I did for you. When you were lost, when you were rebellious, when you went off doing your own thing, Doug, I didn't give up on you. I chased after you. I pursued you and I picked you up out of the dirt and I cleaned you off and I gave you something. And can I, can I preach this? Can I preach this to a prodigal today? 
Can I preach this to somebody who's away from God today? You may be sitting in church, but your heart is away from the Lord. You may be watching this stream right now, but your heart is away from the Lord. Do you know that God loves you? He's pursuing you. He's chasing after you. He is not giving up on you. He has a plan for you. He's got an identity, a blessing, and an assignment for you. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed all across this auditorium, If you would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I've chosen my own way. I've walked away from the things of God. I've allowed the enemy to distract me or detract from me. And and, and I'm I'm living for myself and I'm not living for Jesus. I'm going to count to three. And just as a point of contact, I want you to raise your hand. We'll pray together. Could be the best day of your life of coming back to Jesus. Come on, one two, three. If that's you in the house, just put up your hand and you can put it right back down. I got you. You can put your hand back down. Come on. You say, pastor, I'm in church, but I'm not with Jesus. You're watching online. You're at one of our locations. Pastor, I'm in, I'm in church, but I'm away. From... Today is your day to be reminded how much God loves you. Church family, can we pray this prayer out loud together? Come on, say his name. Just say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want to come to you. I ask forgiveness, Jesus. And I ask that you would come into my heart and come into my life so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name. Now at every location, would you just stand up to your feet? Let me tell you one more thing. Let me tell you one more thing. One more thing. One more thing. All the way back to the beginning. Do you remember Mission Impossible? Do you remember Mission Impossible? Your assignment, if you choose to accept it. And then what would happen after the assignment was given? Were words like this. This mission or this message will will do what? Can I tell you, church... I don't say this out of fear. I say this out of reality today. There is still a time limit on our mission. There's still a time limit on our mission. Jesus is coming back. People are not going to live forever. And so you have an identity. You have have a blessing. You have an assignment. And you are anointed for your assignment to share the gospel with somebody, to lead somebody to Jesus. Because we don't have forever, but we do have today. And we're going to step into this season as a church of seeing more lost souls come to Jesus than we ever have. Come on, if you believe that would you just lift a hand father i pray pray blessing and i pray for divine appointments divine appointments in the name of jesus this week that we could share this digital track with someone that it would begin a conversation that will lead somebody to faith in jesus in jesus name amen come on somebody give god praise for what he's doing